We Were Gamers, episode 265, The Return. I was just gone a week, though. (laughs) I was going to say, are are we cool enough to get The Return? I mean, man, that's... No, you have to spend... How many years was it? 18 years off the air for Between Twin Peaks? Yeah, yeah, it was a long (laughs) time. 28 years? A long time. Yeah. Hi! Andy's back. JJ's still here. I am. And I brought Michael back with me. Hey, everybody. We didn't get lost in the woods. We made it off the one before the sunset. Hey, good job. Nice. Were the two of you you there together, despite Michael having been on the podcast with me last week? Michael possesses teleportation. I don't know if you... Magical powers. Did we not manage to cover this on the podcast? No, we didn't. What? Hold on. Someone go back. Michael, how long has this been hiding to me? (laughs) Uh, yeah, we, um, I guess we officially decided that we were going on this trip probably three weeks before, uh, we had, we had been dithering about it a little bit, um, but we, you know, pulled the trigger, decided to go, uh, because I just recently changed jobs. I didn't have a ton of vacation though. So we only went for the back end of it. Ah, okay. So yes. we left Thursday mid afternoon. I, I wouldn't drove. call a normal trip dithering when you decide three weeks in advance. But uh, in this particular case, people have to decide in advance because once we're there, we can't communicate. There's no, you have to drive 45 minutes to get service. Yes. Uh, so it has to be pre-planned, like in its entirety. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, 45 minute drive to cell phone service means it's a much farther drive to useful, you know, services and things. Right. Like food and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a easy trip to make. Uh, so it was cool that they did it. Yeah. We spent some time in the woods. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, in which I asked Michael a a baseball question that apparently, uh, I need to hear the answer to. Yeah. So you, we were talking college world series over the weekend and you asked me the question in a three game series. Is there a difference between playing that and playing double elimination? Well, so my my ears heard someone else call a best of three a double elimination. Right. Best of three. And that's not and, true. And that, to me, was sounded wrong, but I it didn't have wrong. any way to refute it other than to say, when I hear someone say double elimination, I imagine a bracket. You're correct. A double I, elimination is a style of bracket. A well, best of three is a style of a single match. It sounds like, however, uh, may, Michael may have an answer. I have for a us. good example for you, which the co- it's the example is the College World Series, because if they were the same thing, when the round changes from right now, they're in two brackets of four teams each that are double elimination brackets that feed into a final series of. Um, best a best of three series but if they were the same thing and one of those teams came in already having lost they wouldn't play a best of three they could lose the first game and be out even though they're supposedly playing a best of three bingo there it is this is this happens if you in fighting game tournaments if you watch those on the internet all the time they have brackets and the brackets are typically double elimination so you you lose and you fall into the loser's bracket right and when you get to the grand finals, the the last two people in the tournament, one person is from the winner's bracket, one person is from the loser's bracket. If the guy in the winner's bracket wins the first match, it's over. Yeah. There's no best of three. 
that guy had already lost once. He lost again, guy or girl or whoever. That's the end of the se- that's the end of the thing. However, then sometimes you get the reset, right? The the person in the lower bracket beats the upper bracket person. Now they have their one loss, and then you have a final match to determine it again. So yep. yeah, it was fun yeah. pontificating on that uh, outside of it, but yeah, I guess it takes a little while to have your your epiphany. I had an epiphany today. Uh, okay, I'm done making hard shell tacos at home. Okay, frying thing. seems like a hassle, man. I, well, I even if you fry it. them yourself, I've tried baking them. I've tried fry. I've tried about every method I can think of to make hard shell tacos at home, and they're just not as good. They don't hold as much. They crack too easily. Yep. I'm gonna and leave it to the argument. professionals. It's my argument against hard shell tacos, pretty much in general, right there, but, just encapsulated. But pros do it well. Like I'll eat a hard shell taco at Miguel's Junior any day of the week. Yeah, but they make ten thousand tacos a day, so they know what's <laughs> up. You make like you make ten a week if you're yeah. eating a lot of tacos. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I bet if you also made ten thousand tacos a day, you would be very good sure. at it. Sure. Yeah, I believe you. Um. Anyway, well, I've been gone for a week. Has anyone else had an epiphany or or done anything interesting or? How's I, uh, your car sale going? What's going on? I I, I don't know what's going man, on. I mean, there's I, like three, I caught up three, on a little th- bit. Three threads uh, we can go in there, but let's do the. You <laughs> talked about the car, so uh, I'm working on selling my BMW. Uh, it's going okay. I decided on a lark to submit it to Cars and Bids, the auction website. Oh, the one that's run yeah. by we might. Uh, he has a YouTube Doug something. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very extremely popular car YouTuber, um, Doug DiMiro. I, it's not free advertising. He's way more popular than us, so who cares? <laughs> That's uh, a good point. <laughs> he, has, he has like millions of YouTube subscribers. He doesn't need our endorsement. Uh, in fact, like, I wouldn't even notice. call it an endorsement. It's just he just yeah. exists. I mean, I watch his videos. He's entertaining. That's all I can say about him. I've never met the man. I have no idea. Uh, however, is he the one his... that starts? Is he the one that starts every video with this? Is uh... yes, that's him. Okay, that's yes, the guy. Yeah. that's him. Uh, apparently lives in San Diego, I have learned. Um, nice. That's cool. There you go. If you like cars, uh, you should probably live somewhere on the West Coast. It, Shots yes. fired. <laughs> I mean, no. I think even they agree with you because you get more interesting cars over here because you don't have to worry about weather, right? Yeah. Even if so, uh, you yeah. take very good care of your cars on the East Coast, uh, you just don't get that much time each year then that you can bring them out. It's raining and snowing, right? Yeah, can't drive it when there's snow on the ground if it's a Ferrari or whatever, right? Or if you do, you're crazy. <laughs> you will, yeah. Or crazy rich. I, or both. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he runs, uh, he, it's not him, but he and some group of people run a car auction website called Cars and Bids. I decided on a lark I would submit my car there. I t- had taken a bunch of photos uh, and was, you know, thinking about like places to list the car online. And submitted it and within a day they replied and said like absolutely yes we would love to have this car i was like oh well i kind of didn't expect that (laughs) so i didn't like necessarily take the greatest i I took nice pictures but i'm not the greatest photographer i also had cleaned the outside of the car but it's not like i detailed it right sure but at least uh, they were then interested enough to like look through all the photos I had taken and go, this looks good. First off, 
you took all these in portrait. Why don't you go back and retake them all in landscape? And I was like, oh, <laughs> damn. Gosh. I did the thing. <laughs> Oops. Um, yep. And that's on me, right? Like their photo guidelines even say that, right? But obviously sure. I wasn't thinking about that when I was taking the pictures. Oops. Oh, well. So I went back and I took a lot more photos uh, in landscape. I don't know that I got every angle again. Um, whatever. However, they then also were like, hey, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, submit all whatever kinds of documentation you have? I have a bunch of service records and stuff. I've literally owned the car since it was brand new. So I can say that, hey, here's literally everything that's ever happened to it. And I don't have records of every time I've taken it in for tires or service or whatever. A lot of but that stuff is computerized and can be looked up. Uh, in some not, instances. Not in the, but yeah, there's a, there's like a service system. That goes even for like Joe's auto mechanic shop that they can put a lot of that stuff into. So it might have happened. Huh. But like if I got tires at a tire place, it might you, not necessarily be there, right? Uh, not, no, not necessarily. I think Costco does. I can't remember the name of the system. Now I need to remember it. But uh, Costco might, but I don't know that like normal tire shops would do that. No. But who cares about the tires because they're just going to look at the tires that are on the car. Yeah, exactly. And the tires that are on the car are fine. So. Uh, I wouldn't call them great, but also they're fine. Uh, however, I do have records of all the very expensive repairs I've made to the car over the years. Things which have broken on the car and, for instance, are now brand new. Uh, in the last, like, two or three years that I've replaced. Which means those very expensive repairs are repairs you, the prospective buyer, do not have to make. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have, a, I have not modified the car, really. I have added window tint uh, in some places, uh, but tint can be removed uh, if you don't like it. But I have not modified the car with, like, additional power or aftermarket parts. It is a completely stock car from the factory using almost completely all OEM parts. Uh, which is a big deal because it means my car is stock for, you know... Minor tint modifications aside, the car is stock. And typically, uh, according to data out there, uh, stock car cars that are stock will sell better than cars that have been modified. Sure. In almost every respect. I can believe that. Because now it's a blank slate, right? You, the prospective buyer, could buy this car, modify it whatever way you personally want, because it's the you know more or less the same as it was from the factory. Anyway, all this led to me, they're like, hey, could you take some videos of the car? Do a walk around, you know, get in and start the car, maybe do a video of the interior. This is Haven't pretty done involved. The video. Well, if you're selling a car online, people need to see it, you know. Oh, I know, but like and in terms you can of take uh, pictures of all this stuff, but it looks different in motion sometimes, sure, right? Sure, Especially sure. colors, you know, like I understand that one because some colors like are harder to see in a static photo versus like moving well, look, or in the light they versus look in the different shade. In different light. Yeah. Yeah, and of course like there's nothing you can do about that. But at least, you know, in a video walking around the car, they get a sense of, like, here are all the angles of the car, even if you only took, like, you know, six pictures of it from various angles or whatever. Or, I mean, I took many more than that. But, you know, the walk around gives you every angle, more or less, right? Sure. Um, but the issue was uh, I had to drive the car to a place where I could do this because I'm not going to do it in front of my house. No. Uh, and then what do I do about the fact that my license plate is visible? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I investigated this for a little bit. I was like, well, I could do like, you know, for the static photos, it's not too 
hard to open paint.net or Photoshop or whatever and add a blur filter in a box that takes 10 seconds of picture. No problem. But for video, I didn't know what to do because I'm not a video editor. Um, although I have dabbled in the I, past. I have uh, I've seen a little dabbles here and there on the YouTube. And, uh, I, you know, Andrew has taught me to a minimal level of how to use DaVinci Resolve. <laughs> Okay. You know, it's a good program. There's a lot in it's, there. Andrew, I will tell you, it is a very good program. It has the capability to, with a few presses of buttons, highlight a piece of geometry in a video, check a bunch of checkboxes to track it, and you can track that same piece of geometry as it moves about in the frame forward and backwards in time through 3D rotations. It's literally just like highlight a square... And again, this works because it's a square, right? Mostly. Yeah, sure. It probably would be way harder if I was trying to, like, grab a person's face. Yeah, but as but, I'm I trying mean, to the, just grab a square. There's tools for, for doing that stuff and importing those types of shapes. I believe you. I didn't need to do that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> this was hard enough just for me, okay? Uh, but I, I highlight the shape. I click on the tracking tool. I set the point. I wind forward until it's no longer in view. I go back to the middle point. I wind backwards until it's no longer in view. Uh, I then click on the blur filter. I drop it into this selection. That square is now blurred out throughout the entire time it is tracked. Wow. That was su- That's it's impressive. pretty darn cool. It took me like, you know, maybe 20 minutes to get it from nothing to having that part working. The okay. harder part then was then having to add a second one so that I could blur as you go around the front side of the car also, oh, right? Because there's yeah. two license plates. And you had to do that in Fusion where you got to, like, scroll around to make more room? No, actually. So it was just a, a process of, like, adding a new node, waiting until the point in the video when the new node was active, oh, okay. and then adding, like, a second tracking point there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I had to learn how to add a new node, which was not covered in the YouTube tutorial. <laughs> it's like... Starting over again from the beginning, but even though you were not starting from the beginning. Because then, at one point, I was trying to track the same thing twice. Like, it had gone away and came back. And that messed up the first one, because the second one was in a different place in the frame. And all this kind of stuff. Um, But it was cool. Very cool. uh, I'm pretty impressed that I was able to do it. And in the video, like, yeah, it's just like, it looks like that blur filter you see on the news or whatever that they put over people's faces. I mean, you have not done as much trying to poke around in DaVinci Resolve as I have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I learned how I mean, to do I that visualizer stuff. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was cool. And I felt very proud of myself when I completed it, the video and the rest of the video then is unaffected and you don't see the like blur shape until you get to the point where it would be in view. The blur pops onto the frame. Like, you know, and maybe I was off by a frame or two or whatever, and you can see the corner of it before it gets into frame or whatever. Yeah, as you long know, as they the- get the- yeah, they get the last, the last letter or last number <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know. Nice, but that was cool. So that was my uh, first foray into video editing, and I thought that that was fun. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know that I would ever want to do this as a career. But keep going, I so we can sell your it. services. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it did take me quite a long time to do one forty-five second video. <laughs> oh. uh, don't tell me that, but. That was not the only super important big life uh, dilemma I came up against this week. Um, in a much less important 
certainly less high stakes decision. You're getting we a started dog. Talk- no, God, no. <laughs> that's 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 equally as important and potentially equally as expensive, depending on how expensive dogs are. <laughs> a lot. A lot yeah. expensive. Yeah. Although, you know, I mean, who knows how much this car sells for? Maybe it's the same. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we started talking about TVs. Oh, buddy. Oh. Yeah. Let's, let's get into that because I've done so, a lot of this research recently. So here are the – so we, we've sort of like – I have opinions about the, t- the TV technology and my wife does not really. So I know the kind of TV I want to go with and the questions are more around like the size. Should we get a 2020 or a 2021 model? These kinds of things. And I know, Andrew, you have opinions about TV size. I do. And I used the internet TV size calculator based on viewing distance. Okay. Uh, And that says we should get a much, much larger TV than either of us want. Oh. Okay. So the questions we're looking at are, we have, the current TV we have is... I thought it was 60 inches. It's 55. Uh, and the question is, do we want another 55-inch TV? But this TV is older, so it has a bezel, and that would all go away, right? Because the new TVs don't do that anymore. That's right. the, um, or would we want to upgrade to a slightly bigger 65-inch TV, but it's last year's model, whereas the 55-inch one is this year's model? I mean, what... What do they really offer different? I assume you found the list of differences. Yeah, it's pretty minimal differences. I went with a 2020 model. I don't know that I have a preference. It's a question of like the bigger screen versus the smaller screen, right? Bigger's better. Especially if it's 4K. Say, I literally I literally knew you would say that. <laughs> I told her I told her my wife, Andrew will just say get the bigger one. That is what he said. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad to have T- still known you well enough to answer. THX that question agrees for with me. So that is my other super important uh, big life dilemma. I I just think like I would rather sit there and be like, yeah, it's a little bit too big, and especially if you used the calculator. Uh, so THX is the one that I usually work off of, and they say one to one. Uh, so yours probably said Ooh. something like eighty inches or more, right? Ooh. Uh, let's see. If we were doing one to one, I would need a TV that is bigger than the wall, probably. <laughs> Are you that far back? What's the, the distance? View- we measured the viewing distance, and it's like all ten feet and an inch, or something like that. Ten feet, roughly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So 120 inches. You would need like a 96 inch TV on the on the <laughs> on the small sides. Yeah, so the calculator I used was a little more reasonable, and it said like a 75-inch TV. So they're using... Oh, okay, so you're using an older 1080p uh, model, so that would be 0.675, 81 inches. Uh, Okay, I think the the calculator I had said 75, but whatever. I just mean it's a... Anyway, we're not getting a TV that big. It's (laughs) It's a really good deal. It's Prime Day right now. You can get a 82-inch 2020 model Samsung for a pretty good deal. Yeah, but I I don't want that one. 82 inches. (laughs) It's too big. 
I want to feel like I'm sitting in a movie theater. Yeah. And, and you know, to be clear, like I am not, I use, you know, I use the TV to watch stuff, uh, of course, but my wife watches vastly more TV than I do. Oh yeah. Then you defer. And, and the, so if the primary consumer of the TV would rather have a smaller sized screen, I'm going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Defer. It's want, okay. So. I mean, I, I'll get over it. <laughs> I, he just, he just might not come visit. <laughs> Yeah, I just br- I'll bring my own. Visit, so I mean, how is that? You know, too. Different, right? <laughs> we haven't been allowed to in the last year. It's not fair. It's true. It's true. I'm mostly kidding. It's not like you intentionally don't come visit. Yeah. Oh man. So well, since we're on technical details, I seriously, by the way, uh, would say that the model year within two years almost doesn't matter, as long yeah. as you're getting somewhere above 120 hertz. Uh. And it's 4K, and it has the streaming capabilities you want. Uh, I would also say HDMI 2.1 compatible would be good, which would also be fine for a 2020 model. You only have one or two ports that will be, though, uh, and it'll be marked on the TV. (sighs) Those are the things to look out for. But when I was doing research, all the 2020 models met the mark, I think. So there you have it. Uh, Speaking of uh, you guys, I listened to your pod last week and one technical question had me, had me in stitches. Okay. Okay. Neither of you could remember that cassette tapes were 90 minutes. Mm. Was that the limit on them? (laughs) I totally did not remember that that was a thing. I, I said it had been a long time. I think they eventually got up longer than that, but they were 90 minutes as far as I can remember. Uh, my grandparents' cassette tapes were only 60 minutes. Because they're older. Yeah, they were they were the old, what were they called, D60s or something like that. I don't remember the brand name, but I remember the big D60 on the side of it, and you got 30 minutes per side. And my dad kept buying Maxell 90s. <laughs> yeah. I made a lot of mixtapes as a kid. I had a I had I had a boombox that had two tapes and you could record into each side. Oh, that's very cool. Nice. I only started doing that once CDs became more prevalent. I didn't really have a tape. Oh, burning me. burning your own CDs? Yeah, yeah. We had CD burners. I used was, that for quite a while. It was funny because uh my grandfather had a gigantic stereo closet, like a huge one with probably 200 tapes in it and he had two tape decks hooked to each other you know and like stereo equipment for running the tv it was a huge setup uh and then eventually i would show up at his house with my little boom box that could do the same thing (laughs) technology yep 90 minutes was my memory uh they may have gotten up higher than that but 90 i think was roughly the cap oh all right well, uh, we're back. It's time to talk some video game stuff because there was a lot of it while I was gone, but you guys covered most of it. I loved reading uh, the group chat as you got. It was like an E3 feed, but I didn't have to go to the internet to find it because I was five days late. <laughs> it was pretty to great. Give you the highlight. Yeah, it was great. I got all the highlights, uh, and I even got the Nintendo highlights. But you guys didn't get a chance to discover them. 
I did listen to the podcast today, so I can tell you there was no new Switch. Nope. <laughs> no, no Metroid Prime not. 4. It actually turns out they had announced at some point before that thing went live. They're like, this is going to be software. Software only. Oh, yeah, it okay. Was like, uh, lame. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were hosed not, on that prediction right out of the yeah. bat. Michael yeah, was hoping like, for Prime 4, which didn't happen. But I am more than satisfied with uh, with what I got instead. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about that Metroid, for a second. Metroid Dread. Dread. Um, so Dread. The first time that... They should have uh, spelled it Dread. D-R-E-D-D. No, they would yes. get sued. More fun than copyright infringement. I know. Uh, but yeah, so the first time in 19 years that they've put out a new 2D Metroid. Um, some people might remember uh, Samus Returns, but that was a remake of Metroid 2. What about Metroid Fusion, though? That's old. That was the last one. 19 yeah. years old. That's 19 years old? We're, we old, my man. Dang, son. Metroid Fusion, 20 years. Yeah, Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. Yeah, Game Boy Advance is a pretty was, old that system. Was a great game. Okay. Man. I was just... that a launch title for the time oh, comes at you fast? I don't think so. Huh. I know Metroid Fusion was on the Wii U. So was that it? probably is maybe where most people played it. I don't know. Wow. I can't believe it's been that long. In my head, I knew. Yeah. It, I knew it had been a long time, but I didn't realize it had been that long of a time. That's got to be like a launch title for the Advance, or at least like a year or two in. Because the Advance was like right as I hit high school. So Metroid Fusion came out in 2002. Metroid Zero Mission came out in 2004. But that's not a Metroid 2D title, right? Uh, it's a Game Boy Advance title, so it must be. I don't. Samus Returns obviously is 2D, but that's a remake. Yeah, and Game Boy Advance was 2001. So the 2004 looks like the last 2D Metroid. That is still an insane amount of time. <laughs> oh, Zero Mission is uh Zero Mission's a remake. Is it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is the uh, remake of the original Metroid. So, yes. the, we everyone is still correct. <laughs> Metroid Fusion was the last one, 2002. Dang, man. Wow. Time. That's insane. That Metroid Dread trailer looks pretty sweet, though, Michael. I'm... <laughs> it does, I want to know I, what uh... the robot's all about because this is very Aperture Science. So if you if you I, I followed up the trailer by watching some of the extended play during the Treehouse right. that followed the press conference, uh, and they talk about that. So the story of this picks up immediately after Fusion. Uh, which I'll um, have to replay because good luck remembering that. Right? Yeah. Who remembers that? But apparently, by the way, there's a. Ti- I, I, I want to point out the title card literally calls this Metroid Five. Yes. So technically, it's so part cool. of the series, not the the other series, right? It's not. Uh, yeah. Prime. It's directly. Prime is a spinoff, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Michael. Please. Yeah. Um. So apparently, as part of the plot of Fusion, um, Samus disobeys orders. And so the whoever she reports to has sent these robots to hunt her down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they're the like robots, police bots, huh? Yeah. So as Bounty hunter bots. as you progress in the game, the robots 
have more varied abilities. So the first one you come across is pretty basic. It can just sort of walk after you. So basic. And the, the, the ones that you come to later can do things like squeeze through tighter spaces and um, pop walls, things like that. I just want to point out, like, Michael is underselling it because they follow you through doors to the next screen. That's oh, the big one. Oh, no. Right? So there are... There, yeah, they roam in areas, not just a single screen. Oh no! So you have to you have to uh, avoid detection within the entire area until you make it out of the uh, the like checkpoint door on the other side. That's not good. And your normal weapons don't work on them. It seems yes, like your, there's your like charge special, beam and stuff is not. Uh, there's a special effective. upgrade you can get to to take them out, but it only works one time at a time. Oh no! Yeah, it looks extremely cool. I, uh, I'm an avowed liker of the Metroidvania games. I think uh, so. I think this is extremely cool that Nintendo is finally making another one of these type of games. So, yeah, and they and can't imagine after the... this long you even need to wait for a review, right? No, no, no. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, incorporated some of the really cool systems from. Uh, the uh, Samus Returns, or, or uh, yeah, Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, a lot of the like saving functionality and stuff that was a nice upgrade in Samus Returns is back, so that's awesome to see. I'm, Wonderful. I think it's cool, man. Uh, Andrew, are you excited to throw people into a volcano? Uh, in I, Smash Brothers. I'm indifferent about the fighter but i love that video you how could you be indifferent about kazuya throwing people into a volcano i'm not indifferent about a cool thing to do i mean it is i'm saying that's the that's the good part right but uh kazuya the coolest part of all tekken (laughs) throws the guy into the volcano (laughs) kazuya mishima is uh is just a guy to me you know like i you know what i'm most glad about is that uh they took the i think it was like tekken three sounds into the game mm-hmm. like he it's very very tekken when he hits people and they block and stuff like that oh yeah it, it, the sounds sound like the sounds from tekken i don't and know I if it sounds like tekken 3 or not but uh i played a lot of tekken 3 at the arcade and so it just was like oh that's cool that's nice to see but that's not like i don't I just, know that video was so good it's like you just see him carrying ganondorf throws him into the lava <laughs> captain falcon throws yeah. him into the lava yeah <laughs> you know at the end the best throws tries to throw kirby in right just he like stands away. there looking down he floats <laughs> off in the background yeah yeah uh, it's Kirby's cool broken. that they added the devil to the devil mode or whatever they want to call it to him because like Jin and devil Jin at this point are probably like different fighters in tekken like you just straight up select different a different character. They have like different move sets and stuff now. I'm think, pretty even. sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. Uh, it's... I don't, I don't really care who the fighters are at this point. Um, it seems, it seems like the last fighter they'll ever add to the game will be Sora. And you'll know that, that they're done updating that game when they do it. <laughs> uh, you know, Oh wait, I guess Sora is still owned by square so they could do that one, but they couldn't add anything else from kingdom hearts. Cause Disney probably wouldn't approve it. Right. 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 Yeah. 
Although, wouldn't it be sweet if they add, like, Mickey? You could just, like, beat the crap out of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, my God. It would be so good. <laughs> Disney will never let that happen. Never. No. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly would believe that he never joins Smash. But, you know, every single time we have to go through this. So. Well, sure. Uh, I, uh... To me, to me, the Smash characters at this point are like, okay, cool. That's cool. That's cool. Especially cool when they don't add another another like fire emblem character you're like ah cool thank god yeah i mean i love fire emblem but also there's a lot of fire emblem hey, people hey, JJ, in there jj you know who's in smash fire emblem characters bayonetta oh yeah yeah i knew that yeah you know who wasn't at the nintendo direct i know what the heck is going on bayonetta. with that game man <laughs> they announced that bayonetta 3 game fire like me. four years five years ago right near the beginning of the switch and it's gone nothing quietly buried yeah it's dead where's where's it at man i'm sure it's dead right it's got to be at this point i don't know i mean so the nintendo thing was maybe surprising in the in the metroid field but maybe overall not as much as people hoped we already knew it was going to be breath of the wild too right no i don't i think it was an extreme question whether that was going to show up it definitely was okay I think people were very surprised that it showed up. I think they're like, I expected them to talk a lot more about the Skyward Sword one because that one's coming out soon, right? Doesn't that come out? Yeah, I don't think they need to talk about it any more than they already have. Yeah, but that's what Nintendo does. They talk about turning over a new leaf. There'll be a new Nintendo. No, No, there won't be. (laughs) Also, I mean, you guys, you know, that Breath of the Wild 2 trailer looked pretty cool, right? We all agree. Yeah. Looks cool. Yeah. Uh, Y'all see there's some insane conspiracy theories out there about what is actually going on in that game. Oh, no. yeah. All People the, are all the bonkers. <laughs> Fill me in because I have had just enough time to catch up on the videos you guys linked, and that's been about it. Oh, uh, where to start? Okay. So give me the, give the, me the two craziest ones. You're actually Ganondorf in some of those shots? No. And the other one is that you're playing as Zelda in parts of it. Oh, well, that's not that crazy. I mean, that's n- never been done in a Legend of Zelda game before. So I would believe that one. I would not believe the Ganondorf one. The Ganondorf is the original first hero of light. And so then you play as a young Ganondorf who looks like a Link. Yeah. That was the, oh, that was the no. first, like the first really crazy one that I saw, and the like, you know, you playing as Zelda, you know, and switching back and forth due to like some tunic colors and longer hair and stuff in these shots is also I, I call them both conspiracy theories because, guys, this is a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any of those, uh-huh. but uh, they kind of have a type, and they're gonna have you play as Link, who is the protagonist of the legend of zelda games yeah. uh nintendo is not a like risk-taking company or i would say into like evolving their designs and uh, that's not true they evolve their designs a lot but like the core thing about them is the characters right people love mario people love link and zelda and all that stuff the game it, you're not gonna play as ganondorf get out of here with that there's no chance that that's happening <laughs> 
they're like, oh, they're going to teach us all about the split timelines. This is going to be the one that finally like unifies Connects all the it all. structures. Oh, it's no. all coming together. No chance. No all, chance. No chance. All I'm seeing is the meme of the guy with the board behind him and all the red string. Yeah, exactly. Char- it's Charlie from exactly. it's Always Charlie. Sunny. Always Sunny. Charlie. Yep. Hundred yep. percent. That's exactly what this is. People with the markers on the whiteboards connecting the strings between all the various plot threads. It's like that stuff is there because of that book and because you want it to be. Sure. Nintendo is just making a thing, man. They're going to make a. It's going to be the Breath of the Wild two, yeah. more Breath of the Wild. There's a reason I didn't. Uh, I didn't buy that book because within a year they already have a second one. Well, yeah. yeah, and this one and Breath of the Wild isn't covered by it. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, yeah, it's uh. It's kind of crazy to try and line all that stuff up. Just enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just sit back, enjoy the piece that comes to you. If they're direct sequels, go for it. Right? Like, like if yeah. you get a Majora's Mask, like, yeah, I'm sure I it mean, works. When is, besides, I think Majora's Mask is literally the last time they did a sequel to a Legend of Zelda game. Well, they did the... Um... Uh, Link Between Worlds, which was the Link to the Past sequel for 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, I, that is a sequel-type situation. It's the same overworld, basically, right? And the same kinds of power-ups and stuff, so... Yeah. I wonder, will this be as different from the original game as that one was from its original, though? That's a good question. That one had, what... 20 years of game design or whatever between it and original link to the past versus this one has what five five not impossible though nintendo pulls out some crazy stuff they sure do it looks like there's flying in this one which is uh, a big change so and climbing through solid stone at one point yeah that that whole thing is weird i don't know what's going on there but That's we'll nice find out not. in uh, in 2022 which was the other thing that, that no one really had any confirmation of was what the date was going to be on this, whether it was the end of the year this year or pushed into next year. or Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it, it's going to end up pushed into next year. Um, I'm not surprised, though. Same thing happened to Halo. Mm-hmm. Which I guess maybe the multiplayer will be out holiday 2021, but my guess is they separated the game so that... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a campaign. free multiplayer. They've said that. Yeah. Multiplayer is free to play. So. It's free. So maybe the campaign gets delayed a little bit. Not impossible. You would think they would want to launch them at the same time to capitalize, but I suppose yeah. it's possible they delay it. Yeah, and it looks like it's de- they are definitely bringing over the MCC system. Uh of Oh yeah. Battle passes and all that sort of stuff. Which is, I think if I have to pick one of these free-to-play kind of progression systems, at least that one, you can always go back and get stuff later, which sure. is nice. And they Unlike said a lot of other ones where you can't. Well, and the other thing they said, which is nice, that um, unlike the other games, you can't then expect them to... They won't take something from Battle Pass Season 1 and in Season 3 sell it in the store. Mm-hmm. So it'll still be behind Battle Pass Season 1, which I assume that means you can still buy Season 1 even though it's Season 4, you know? Which is yes. pretty... That's pretty player-friendly because they do that in uh, Warzone all the time. 
the battle pass costs 1000 coins right but like oh that one skin you didn't quite make it to you know now it's 1200 coins just for that one skin you could have had 18 skins if you bought the battle pass and played it all the it's just so skeezy it just they those battle pass systems really want you to hey you earn enough to make the next battle pass if you play this whole battle this whole battle pass right yep but you could you always have perpetuate it a lot yeah and so they really just want you to be playing every day all the time right and if you do that then you earn the next battle pass right but Keeping by playing you know every month or every month playing you know 80 hours a month or whatever to earn that next battle pass you have earned yourself a $10 purchase or whatever. <laughs> it sounds less appealing when you start phrasing it like that. Halo might be the entry to re-entering our controller discussion. Or we could debate Celeste. Uh, I mean, I'm straw poll on what people are interested in. I like both of these things. <laughs> Let's do Celeste then. Okay. All right. Where are you and Michael in Celeste? I am midway. So I played. So Michael, long story, short story. Michael said, I'm going to play Celeste. And I said, I've got that on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I should install that and just play it because I need some sort of mind cleansing game. And boy, is that sure a mind cleansing game. Yeah. You don't even care sometimes about the whole level. No, you just got to get that room. Yeah. Got to get to the next one. One room at a time. You can save in the middle of it, in the middle of each level, right? You don't have to finish. Uh, Mm -hmm. And like the system of dying and restarting and dying and restarting, man... Sometimes that's really nice, and sometimes it's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the grind. I got stuck in a room where you had to make an exact jump out, and before, it's a literal apex of your jump had to dash backwards the other direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I died, it didn't reset me at the start of the room. It reset me at the end of the room where I was stuck because I had jumped all the way over there to get one of those strawberries from the other room, right? Oh, see, this is it. You were too interested in that strawberry. That was your downfall. (laughs) They're not insanely hard to get, but in some instances, you're stuck over there. How far are you? I was going to say, that's a quaint (laughs) opinion to have. (laughs) Oh, okay, well... Let's let's hear where you are because I, I think am, that will color the discussion. I am I am not probably nearly as far as Michael because I've been gone for a week. Uh, so I was mid ruined city world, which is I think world two. The old site is that the it? Second. It's like yeah. the collapsed city with the where they introduce the fact that now you can go down without dying. Uh, and they introduce the like space. Yeah, that's space that one. blocks okay. after yeah, the mirror. Block. The mirror with what looked yeah, like Dark blocks. Celeste, and it Ma- cracked. Battle line. Battle line. Okay, sorry, I forget. Celeste is the mountain. Madeline is the girl. Madeline is the girl. Right. Uh, so about that far. I mean, I'm I'm mostly done. I could probably just finish that level if I didn't want to keep exploring. 
Um, but I keep finding little new things like, oh, this room that is impossible to see unless you're exactly the right angle um, has a little light so you can see it, like once you move the block. Mm-hmm. Right? Like once, and that's an, like a newish mechanic that I didn't notice before. Or like bouncing myself off of walls in rooms that look like they break, but they don't. Seeing which ceilings have different exits between. <laughs> like, I see the hole in the ceiling there, and I see the hole in the ceiling there, but there's a wall in between, which means it's probably two different rooms. Yep. That kind of stuff. What's over here if I follow this one to the end? Ah, it's a weird cassette. Yeah. Yeah, or it's a... Uh... I still have the tag from before I left for vacation on my desk with the, the post-it note. White, purple, blue, orange, purple, yellow. Mm. Uh, you found the satellite dish. I did find the satellite dish. Andy is uh, digging deeper for secrets than I did the first time playing through that well, level. Well, I missed it the first time I played that level. Uh, and then I went back because I noticed I had only gotten like a third of the hearts. And I was like, oh, you know what happened? I went this direction and I ended the level instead of going that direction. And I bet you I missed like a third of the, a, like a full third of the thing. And I went back and I did that. And then I noticed other rooms that I hadn't gotten to before or, you know, breakable ice that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's nice that just even playing the A sides, you can see enough stuff that you're like, oh, I could, I could, oh, I know that, that that's something different now that I'm seeing, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and none of that is revelatory, I'm sure, to either of you, but it's kind of nice for me. I haven't played a platformer in a long time. Um, Celeste is a really good one, man. I'm uh, very happy that you guys are both liking it. I am. Yeah, yeah it it's very cute. It's... Never frustrating in so much as like, well, I just don't understand this or like, I just can't do that or whatever. Like you can always do it, but many, many times I make the like second or third jump or leap or whatever. And the controller, I just don't hit the exact right angle on the dash. You hit up and left instead of just left. Or Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like I wanted to go slightly up and right, but I just went straight right. Yep. Um, which sometimes feels like I messed up and sometimes maybe I feel like I didn't and that it didn't quite capture it. I can't imagine that it's very often that it's the other thing, right? It's mostly probably me. Um, yeah. And also, you know, it depends on what your input situation is, how you're viewing it. You know, like in some of those cases, a millisecond of difference can make the difference in that jump. I've been using um, DS4 to emulate. The DS4 Windows is the program I found to use my Vantage as a Xbox controller. So I was hoping to discover, and I think I have, that it does not seem to have any input delay using that. I have not noticed anything. That's good because that would drive you nuts in a game like this. Right. I was seriously concerned about it. I have an Elite 2 sitting in my cart right now for Prime Day Mm. Uh, because I was concerned about it, but I don't know. It seems like it's doing all right. I don't know. It's cool. It's a good game. I like the... uh, 
I like figuring out the momentum from the like sliding uh, geared platforms that like shoot across the map. Oh yeah, and if you jump off them at just the right time, it launches you. Yeah, if you don't, if you jump when it ends, you don't get any momentum. But if you jump right before it ends, you get the maximum. There are some insane puzzles with those. I don't know if you guys have encountered them yet. On uh, one of the B sides, yes. There are just some real puzzles with those things, man. That are just brutal. There was ah oh god, it must have been on a B side. Because it's way too hard to have been on an A side. <laughs> Considering and how difficult, it, you know, I think it, I think it's later in the game because there's another thing that is involves, which I'm not going to spoil for you guys. But it is, there are some brutal puzzles with those sliding blocks, man. I I learned to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the nice thing is, if you decide that these levels are too hard, uh, you can just not. You don't need to play that B-side. You don't get anything for doing it. Yeah, I was just about to ask. So is there is the story done with the A-sides? Yes. Yes. If you complete all the chapters of the A-side, you see all the story. Okay, got it. Although I do think you need to find a certain number of hearts to unlock the very last chapter. That sounds right. Oh, so hearts? The crystal Heart. ones? Or the yes. strawberries, or what? Hearts. Okay. Not strawberries. Okay. The very last chapter has a number of hearts requirement, I believe. Uh, are all the crystal hearts as, as conspicuous as the satellite dish was? I had to go back and find almost all of them. But once you find, once you find the room that, that has it, is the puzzle conspicuous enough? Yes, generally Typically. getting there is the the hard part. Yeah, once you get to the heart, you you have the heart. The problem is usually getting there. I think I have found one of five so far in the initial run through. All the rest, like JJ, I had to go back and hunt. Okay, I definitely didn't find it the first time through the level. I found it the second time through the level. Or yeah, world, yeah. I guess, because it it's not really like a level. Yeah, the stage, whatever. Yeah. Sure. It is hard enough that, especially the first time through, that you will just be focusing so much on the mechanics and the rooms that you are unlikely to need to explore off the beaten path enough to find it, right? Yeah. And as it gets later on, I think they become a little more obscure. I remember having a pretty tough time finding one of the last ones. Um, And then I looked it up online. It was like, Oh, right. And then was like, oh, yeah. I, if I had spent more time doing this, I could have found it, but I was not interested in spending more time finding it, right? Sure. Yeah. So there is you stuff behind there. Uh, that's, a, that's kind of a bummer. I was hoping to, because I'm... The so the last... So to be clear, the, the game as it originally launched did not have this last level. This last level was added as like free DLC or something later. Okay. Uh, and they added a heart requirement there because uh, you should probably be pretty good at this game before you play that last level. Yeah. So uh, I I support them because, you know, I will say, I believe from the outset, uh, there really isn't much stopping you from jumping to other levels, right? You could just like leave uh, and move to the next one. I don't think like you uh, have they're to locked, unlock They're gated for me. I can't get to level three right now. 
I have to beat level you two. Just have, you just have to finish it, but other than finishing it, there are no other requirements to move on. Yeah, you just have to get to the end, right? As long as you can do that, that's that's all that's necessary. Yes. And so you can get all the way to the end of the game, the the original game, that way. Um, those skills might not be enough to help you in the last level. Okay. So they they wisely require you to do a little more before you jump into that because you will need some well if it, if it was added as dlc then it's probably not like major story stuff that's hidden on those last two levels then right not the the last level is very much a like epilogue kind of thing so yeah okay gotcha cool well i'm into it and uh obviously i said i'm playing it on a controller i don't know if we have enough time to finish controllers today we should make make that a thing to start with next time Are you finding, I agree with you, (laughs) Uh, but uh, while we're still talking about Celeste here, what about the D-pad specifically? Because that's obviously the most important thing on this controller. Or are you trying to use a stick? I am not using a D-pad. Neither am I. You were both using analog sticks? Correct. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, what? What do you mean, whoa? To play a platformer, you guys are using an analog stick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so on my controller... The scuff has a really good stick on it, dude. Okay, dude, that's fine, but it's not a D-pad. That's a different thing. Like, getting it a slight up and left is very different from when I want left or up, right? Oh, is that why you think maybe my dashes are off is because we're not using D-pads? Because if 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 you're... When you move it quickly to the left, are you moving it exactly left or are you moving it left and slightly up? And then does that count as an up input? Hmm. Right, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also the question of: Is your D-pad four buttons or one? Certainly, right? Because uh, mine is mine is one, which makes me less likely to use it for precision inputs than if it were four. Mine is. I'm taking it off right now. It's going to say you need to look underneath to see how many contacts there are. Mine looks to be. Oh no, it's a double thing. So the top of it, I can't. I have to take the whole thing thing apart. Uh, the top of it is a magnetic connector to change out the controller part of it, but doesn't show me the connectors underneath. To I'm know. sure that's listed somewhere on the internet. Uh, you could figure that out. It feels like a dish. It, you want it to have some of that ability to roll between a a you know forward and a down or an up and a sideways or whatever. Right, but yeah. you don't. You want them to be separate, discrete inputs so that you don't, when you're meaning to double tap forward, you don't accidentally, like, you know, tap forward and up very slightly or something. It, I, I'm i an old man, uh, and I play games like an old man, I guess. Uh, and when playing a platformer, I use a D-pad. Uh, the, I will say, I get a 2D platformer, right? Because this doesn't work huh. for 3D games. Sure. Uh, I will say, though, uh, by the end of this game, my thumb hurt pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I ought not have. Who knows? That seems to control mostly well with the analog stick. Um, I, I mean, I described to you missed dashes, but most of my jumps are accurate. I would say that the uh, the game is built to use whatever you want, and you can control it whatever way makes you happy. Um. 
So if they programmed it to use that stick, great. Uh, <laughs> folks out there who have played Celeste will know why I'm asking this question. Uh-oh. And we will find out when Andrew and Michael get to that point. If they have the same experience I did, I will guess not. Interesting. Uh-oh. I'm now I'm fascinated. We will find out. Yeah. So uh, I wonder what about the people that played it on keyboard? Yeah. So that's my real question, because it, if nothing else, when you're on a controller, you have the option to go back to the stick if you needed to. But, sure. you know, holding the two arrow keys or, you know, some combination of ASD or EDF or whatever you like over there uh, is not the same as an analog stick, like up and to the right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Not that this game does analog input, but I think it does a, you know, like multiple key press stuff certainly would make a big difference. Yeah. And like, what happens if you input three keys, right? Oh man. Good question. Well, Cause you can be with a keyboard and two hands, you know, you could be doing a jump up into the right and hitting a button or something at the same time. I don't think you really need to do that in Celeste, but you know, you could be, it's probably way easier to hold grip all the time on a keyboard by pressing down one button than it is to hold that trigger all the time on a controller. I wonder if the grip gets longer because you were talking about that and I was like, I can't grip for that long before, before Madeline gets tired, falls off. I feel like grip is just for like, stalling in the air uh certainly it is used for that most of the time yeah i assume she gets upgraded abilities like every other platformer so we'll see i mean you know that's a spoiler i don't want to know i'm just saying you've already seen that the mechanics change every different stage or whatever so yeah all but who knows what could happen who knows what could happen? But if I want, I want to know if people have played Celeste with a keyboard, they should email us. They should do that. You can send that email to podcast at weweregamers.com. I'm pretty sure I've seen a video, like a speed run video, and they were using keyboard. So it must be possible. I'm sure it is. I just want to I'm know sure what the experience is like. Yeah. yeah. I, I also want to know. <laughs> so anyway, send that email, please. Podcast at wewergamers.com. There will be more Celeste social... updates. We are on social media. You can find us at We Were Gamers on all those platforms, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those kinds of places. Come check us out and follow us on YouTube. Uh, we're search for We Were Gamers, all one word, and uh, check us out on there too. Thanks, everybody. It's nice to be back. Let's talk some video games. 